This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only Bob, the drag queen. How are you? um, You have such a lovely gay voice. I mean, you know, I, I literally always say this, like those straight acting gay men, I really think they have it more difficult because like I would hate to have to like just meet a whole bunch of like new people and come out like I just have such a gay voice, right? I, I agree with you. Like, every now yeah. and then, let me tell you, Bob, like, one out of 10,000 people, believe it or not, actually are not sure if I'm gay or not, as crazy as that sounds. Now, that sounds crazy. Now, my grandma would know you're gay. She's been, uh, she's blind, deaf, and been dead for 20 years. Seriously. I'm like, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, okay with that. But thank you for saying I have a gay voice. That might be one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. I mean, I have a pretty, I have a pretty gay voice too. Uh, also, I have a particularly uh, homosexual vernacular um, as well. So your vernacular gives it away. Yeah, for sure. Now, where are you? Like, where are you in the world? I'm in West Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, where are you? That's, that's what I thought. I'm in New York City. I'm in Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea. Must be nice. Must be nice. Uh, West Hollywood ain't so bad. No, it's not so bad. No. I was just going to say, I'm in the New York City equivalent of West Hollywood. Well, you are in the neighborhood I used to, um, where I got my, my drag chops at in Chelsea, actually. Barracuda. Barracuda and Excess Lounge, uh, which is, uh, like they're like two blocks from each other. Excess is on 22 and Barracuda is on 24. I remember Excess back in the day. R.I.P. Excess. Uh, seriously, that that those were that. Well, that was a good place. I mean, Barracuda still has. So, how's West Hollywood doing these days? I mean, I don't, I'm not outside a lot, so I don't really know what's going on out there. Um, but in this apartment, is it's nice. You know, me and my my partner and my roommate, we watch movies. Uh, we we all work from home. We we are all um, uh, self employed. Um, and we uh, we rotate the living room, although today I've been doing a lot of the living rooming, which I'm very grateful um, to my uh, living cohorts for, uh, you know. <laughs> it's kind of nice to, to be, room. it's kind of nice to have a job you can do at home, right? Like, I kind of love it, secretly. It's nice. Um, I mean, right now, it, it is nice. I mean, I, I, I'm living in a pretty small space now for how many people live here, uh, but outside of the work stuff, and just sometimes I feel guilty about taking up space because Bob the drag queen is just a very, she takes up just a lot of space, you know? She takes up, you know, well, it's like, she's got a lot of hair some days, right? I mean, it's the hair, the suitcases, the shoes. It's just, she's a, she's a very, uh, she, there's a lot that goes into the monster. Do you get into, like, if you're not doing something work-related, like, you don't just have days where you're like, today I'm just going to enter into drag even though I'm staying home all day. I mean, to do what, though? Just to sit at home? Well, 
I spoke to your, I had a little chat like this with your drag, with your drag daughter, Ms. Cracker. And she tells me like lately, she's just getting into drag just because, you know, makes her feel well, good. Well, Cracker is interesting. Cracker will get dressed in, like, I remember we would like go out and Cracker would just get dressed up, like fully dressed up, like, like fully dressed up. And we'd be like, girl, we're going to a show. It wouldn't be like a little glam. It'd be like big hair. I'm like, this is wild. Like go off this thing. <sighs> You're like but having that off. You, if, but also, but if it makes you feel fierce, I mean, and it does make me feel fierce. For me, it's just that it takes a long time and it's uncomfortable. That's what I it really boils down to. It. it takes a long time and it's uncomfortable. Neither of those things I find o- overly shocking. I would think it would take a very long time. And I mean, I wouldn't think it'd be the most comfortable, but that's just It's me. not. It, it is actively uncomfortable to be in drag. Now, where are you from originally? I'm from Atlanta. I thought that's what yeah. I thought. And how how was how was Atlanta? Like how was growing up in Atlanta? Yeah, I like to go back to the beginning, Bob. Well, I actually grew up all over the South. I mean, I didn't get to Atlanta until I was in sixth grade, and then I graduated high school there. Um, but I'm from like the South, so I'm from Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. I just moved around throughout all those spaces uh, my entire childhood. And I mean, what was it like? I mean, I don't know that I could summarize the first 18 years of my life in any. Uh, respectable fashion or that actually does it service um i yeah i don't know how to summarize the first 18 years well like life. okay so like i was bullied in high school i hated high school my parents were divorced i mean i'm fine like life is great but you know i loved my life as an adult more than a child so that's just me well i mean like, i am do- a queer so i was certainly bullied in high school um and, and I don't think my story is unique in that regard. Um, and I was a creative, but I was also very clever. So I would find ways to have people like respect me through essentially through like um, outsmarting or people would try to make jokes about people. I was, I was like, my jokes are going to be smarter, funnier, and way more well well constructed than your joke so like you don't want to go with me on that regard because I'm probably funnier than you and I was bigger than a lot of other kids so I didn't get like a lot of like hits or that kind of bullying it was more like the social groups um kind of stuff but not like no one tried to like beat me up because I was I mean I'm 6'2 and in high school I was like 165 which is pretty skinny for where I am now I was maybe like one, by the time I graduated, I was like maybe like 175. So I was a big kid. You're lucky you had that going for you. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm like five, I say five nine, but in reality, probably like five eight. Got it, got it, got it. Listen, I'm a nice Jewish boy. The Jews don't always have height on, on their side. No, my boyfriend is Jewish and he does not have height on his side. I mean, which is fine, but in high school, like when you're being bullied and you're not six one, Lots of things yeah. happen. So, so you had that going for you, you know. Were you always funny? Like you said, like you had jokes, like you just always kind of had the funny edge. And like, were you aware that you were funny? I mean, people always, yeah, I was aware. I mean, I was really aware of being funny, particularly in high school. And people kept telling me I was funny. I was like, oh, I guess I'm funny. Okay, thanks. Um, and I guess, you know, he, humor a lot of people say humor comes from pain and most comedians i know would agree <laughs> that like yes. i'm funny because i'm hurting yes i i i would agree with that and your mother i read your mother had a gay uh drag bar yeah my mommy's on a drag bar called sensations in columbus georgia um and i mean i didn't go to the shows obviously i was a child i wasn't allowed in the bar but i would go during the day and um it was, it was, I had a really weird uh, relationship with drag growing up because I was afraid. My mom had this, this, a friend that worked at the gay bar with her and he told me that drag queens were like dangerous and he was like, don't ever trust a drag, <laughs> don't ever trust, trust a drag queen. Really? That's yeah, so he, well, he got shot by a drag queen. He got shot by a drag queen once. Interesting. So like you were young and you were just told, don't, don't ever trust the drag queens. I think he came home from getting shot by a drag queen and was like, drag queens are dangerous. And I was like, valid. You have a bullet wound. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. So it's, n- see that. so it's not as glamorous. Cause like, I'm just like envious. I'm like, I, I wish I had a mother that owned 
drag gay bar. No, I loved it. I loved it. The getting shot didn't scare me. I, mean, I still love drag because I, I saw Two on Food, which was one of my favorite movies growing up. So I loved drag. I didn't stop liking drag because, or get, it wasn't that afraid of drag. I wasn't scared enough to stop, you know, being intrigued by it. And then how, so how did you get into drag? Like, when did you start? Oh, it was just from watching Drag Race. Like, I would literally just watch Drag Race on TV. And um, I was 22 years old in New York City. I just got into New York City. And I just thought it was just so interesting. Like, I remember looking at it thinking to myself, I could do that. Wow. So it wasn't like your mother's bar growing up, or it was really Drag Race? No, it was Drag Race, yeah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I mean, also bear in mind when, when I was growing up, I mean, I hadn't seen a lot of representations of drag queens besides RuPaul and Dame Edna and Tyler Perry um, making it really big in drag. So those really were kind of like your role models I as do, far as I, drag. No, no, Tyler Perry is not my drag role model. And I would like to have that stricken from the record. <laughs> if, if that is shit that is if, being set out there. If there is any record. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, because I don't think I've ever really, so like, it really was drag race. I mean, I I don't know. I find that interesting. Wow. Well, I mean, I think people, there's this idea that I've been doing drag longer than I have been doing it. Yeah. So I think people think that I've been in drag for like 20 years. And I'm like, I'm I'm only 34. I didn't start drag at 14. I started drag when I was 22 years old, when I first got to New York City, after seeing it on TV, seeing her false drag race. I've been in drag for 11 years now, 12 years now. Um, and I think that what made my, um, you know, my experience, uh, with going further in drag was probably local, was not probably, was definitely local Queens. It was Queens like Peppermint and Bianca who were local at the time. They were not international drag sensations and Sherry Vine. I would watch them a lot. Those are good ones. We love our New York girls. And then how did it start? Like you just did it one night and went out? Like, did you start entering, like, local competitions? Yeah, I went to um, Barracuda every Thursday night to compete uh, in Peppermint's show, uh, Star Search, which is the longest-running drag show in New York City, by the way. Um, And I went there every Thursday, every Thursday, like clockwork, to compete and try to win some money. I never won, by the way. You didn't? That's not true. I won one time. I won one time. Once. Wow. So you weren't winning, but you kept going back. And then how did your... Like, where did it go from there? Like, did you start then winning other oh. competitions or? I never won any competitions. <laughs> well, we're going to get I into one won. competition that you won. I, didn't, I did a lot of local drag and I lost every single, I'm, I'm t- I won one time and it was because I did something really ridiculous. Like I did this really absurd stunt to win this pageant or this competition. Um, and And outside of that, it was just, it was just from getting a reputation for being funny around town. It wasn't really for my uh, show-stopping numbers or anything. Right. Because when you have a competition, there are queens who are like doing flips and kicks and splits. Those are the queens that are going to really get the crowd going. And the queen, you know, who grabs the mic and tells jokes will get the crowd going, but not for a competition, in my experience. Right. It's the trick. Or at least I wasn't able to do that. And I'm sure there's something out there who can get the crowd really cooking through a competition like that. And was comedy always going to, how did your comedy come about? Like you just decided to work that into your routine. It just kind of happened. Well, my first time ever performing in drag was actually at a stand-up comedy club. And um, I just remember thinking to myself, like, this sounds like so much fun. Like, I wanted, did you get your food? I was like, I want to do stand-up and drag. Um, And I was like, well, I don't want to wait to do them one at a time. So I just went ahead and got into it. These fries are not Cajun at all. Where did you? I I ordered five guys. I was going to say. Yeah, but that looks so good. And uh, make sure to put that in the interview. 
How did you get the Cajun fries? Oh, this is so annoying. That's anyway. it. That's the interview. All right, let's That's get back it. to it. Sorry, we're back to it. That I was gonna say, those fries look so good. Um, so you didn't win any competitions. Where did your? Is this true that an early drag name that you came up with was Kitten with a Whip? That was one that was of your, my first drag name. Yeah, Kitten with a Whip was my first <laughs> drag name. And I, I mean, that's I not bad. It. No, it's not bad. I stopped going about it because no, everyone kept calling me Kate or Kitty. Um, and when, when I stepped back and really thought about my drag and my and my humor and my brand and what I really into, I realized that Bob the Drag Queen is just a much better name. All my friends told me not to pick it because it was bad and they weren't wrong. It's a bad name. Um, but it, it was so bad that it became good. Yeah. That makes so that makes so much sense. And it stands out. Right? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean people are obsessed with it. People are like when I first got the name, now it's kind of become and now it's becoming a popular drag name. Like, now everyone's like, oh, Bob the Drag Queen. Of course. Back in the day, it was like, who the hell? <laughs> like, what idiot named themselves Bob the Drag Queen? Did you get a lot of that in the beginning? Like, why in the world do you ever choose this as a name? It was more like, I mean, my friends were all saying, it's bad, don't do it. And then everyone else was like, honestly, it's really funny. Now, most people really got the humor behind such an absurd drag name. Yeah. And it, like I said, like, it, like, sticks out. How, so how'd you come up with that? Like, how do you go from Kitten with a Whip to Bob the Drag Queen? The real story actually isn't interesting. I used to tell a fake story as a joke, but the real story is just one night I was doing a show and I said, my name's Kitten with a Whip. And then this guy who was doing karaoke was like, thanks, Kate. And I was like, oh, yeah, because Kate is a drag name. Everyone, give it up for me. I'm Kate. I'm Kate the Drag Queen. And then... Throughout the night, I kept saying my name and making it more and more simple. Like, All right, give it up for me, your host, Kim. Kim, the drag queen, I guess. And then on the, at the final one, I was like, thank you all so much. Good night again. I'm your host, Bob. Bob, the drag queen. And I was like, it's actually really funny. Like, I, I actually think I want to give it a shot. I love it. And then how did it come about? So you're doing drag, you're not winning competitions, your comedy is part of it, you're Bob the Drag Queen. So how do you go from that and living the New York City life to applying for season eight? Well, drag race. Let me be clear. I wasn't winning, but I wasn't doing terribly. Like I would come in like second. I always get a lot of applause. I just, I just had never won because there are some really amazing performers in New York City. And I had applied for drag race four times. That was my fourth time applying. Wow. Um, and I remember I, I, been, I reached out to by World of Wonder about applying twice. And the second time they reached out, I got cast. And why, like, do you think you didn't get discouraged the other four times or the other three times? No, I mean, it's just a little bit. It's like a couple of weeks, like two weeks you know, of, of working for this video. But I still, I wasn't doing drag just to be on Drag Race. You know what I mean? So like, if I wasn't on Drag Race, I was like, okay, well, it's like if you're a singer, you don't get cast on American Idol, do you quit singing? And if you do, did you ever really like singing or did you just want to be on American Idol? Yes. Yeah. Do you think everyone agrees with you though? Or do you think there's a lot of queens in today's day and age that like their goal is just to be on drag race and they feel if there's they're probably lots of queens who's there's probably a lot of queens who just want to be on drag race. But also my question is like, then what's your end goal? Like if your end game was drag race. The, what do you do when you get off Drag Race? Just, like, what, what's the plan? And I'm not here to... And if that's your goal, go off. I guess I just have different goals than that person. Right. Because when you're done, you need to make a living if you want at drag. Like, what, what, what does come next if your goal is... Do you think it's, like, a misconception that, like, you can't be a successful queen in today's day and age unless you go on Drag Race? I think it's a misconception that you will be a successful queen because you went on Drag Race. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just that's just not necessarily true. I mean, there's tons of queens: Lady Bunny, Peaches Christ, Coco Peru. Um, there's lots of drag queens who Jackie Beat, um, who, who, you know, uh, Meatball, the Boulet Brothers. Lots of queens who don't go on Drag Race and are still very successful queens. I was a successful queen before going on Drag Race. I mean, I was right. paying all my bills. I lived alone in New York City. Right. No, I mean, I agree with you. Like, but also the question is, like, what are you metering success? Is it, is it just based on, like, 
Is it just being well-known? I guess each person, I hate to sound like a hippie, but obviously everyone gets to define success on their own terms. So whether or not you're successful is really up to you. I would agree with that. No, I mean, I just think sometimes there is a person. Anyone listen to it? I've just been viciously eating French fries for the last, like, five minutes. Listen, you haven't eaten all day. I've been sitting here shoving Thai food into my mouth all day. Because I'm so hurt that I did not get Cajun fries. Like, I clicked, I clicked large Cajun fries. Listen, I, I, did, I, I large fries. Yes. See, but I agree there is something better about Cajun fries. Like, so I totally they're, get it. They're way better. I mean, maybe I should season my fries. I should like put my fries in a thing and season them. But do you I'm eat? Sorry. Do you eat? No, no, no. Listen, I, I, I could talk about food from now until like next week. Like, there's nothing, well, at least for me, because of COVID and the way it all works. I mean, not that I live in the middle of nowhere, I live in New York, but when I order now, I order for like 12 meals at once. Like, as if I live with no delivery service and it's my last <laughs> order, I literally order like a lot of food. And I mean, I eat out every meal and I don't like cooking. Same here. I don't cook. So. Yeah. I don't cook. But listen, Cajun fries. I don't cook. I don't fries. clean. You know, but let me tell you how I got this ring. You know what I mean? I get it. <laughs> I don't exactly you know WAP. Do you know that WAP is not getting, WAP wasn't considered for any Grammys. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's, do you mean the music video? It, I think it's crazy that WAP's not even being considered. I mean, granted, it is a very graphic sexual song. But for a song to have the cultural impact that WAP had, that is massive. That's massive. The, the video is also amazing. Yeah. I just said I just had Suki Hana on my show. I don't know if you know her. She's on. She's in the video. She's from Love and Hip Hop Miami. Work. She's part of the video. It's 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 a great video. It's a great song. It's. I didn't realize it was it's, not nominated for any Grammys. Yeah. Well, that's not okay. Cardi in general is just, I think, a godsend. Also, Megan's new album, Good News, is great. Her first song is called Shots Fired, and it's about how Tory Lane shot her. It's insane. It's so good. Really? One of the best lyrics is, um, imagine me giving a fuck it was your fucking birthday. You just mad. I just thought it was another Thursday. And that's just so... Because <laughs> the idea that he's like mad and he shot her on his birthday, and she's like, Bitch, I didn't even know it was your birthday. I didn't even fucking know right. it was your birthday. Yeah, it's great. What type of, mu- like, what other musical artists are you into? And, like, growing up, like, who are your influences for music? Well, I really love girl rappers. I love a lot mm-hmm. of queer music. I listen to all, almost all the drag queen music. Um, growing up, I would listen to, like, my mom listened to, like, a lot of Ruth Franklin, Patti LaBelle, but also the younger stuff, like Mariah Carey with Houston, younger at the time. Right here with Houston, um, Biggie Smalls, Tupac. Um, I was really big into Puff Daddy for a while. Really? Like, I was obsessed with Puff Daddy or P. Diddy. What about for female rappers? Do you like Foxy Brown? I, I'm, I... Yeah, she's, I mean, she's great. I, my, my favorite rappers are, I like Cupcake. I like Cardi. I like Nicki. I like Megan. I, um, I love MC Light. Um, mm, I mean, there's a few. More. Those, those are the main ones that I'm. Those really are good ones. Yeah. I love Cardi and I love Foxy. I mean, Nikki's the queen. Nikki's your absolute favorite. I think she's the queen. She's just so good. She's amazing. Do people ever, you know, because a lot of people watch Drag Race, and I mean, there's like a lot of guest judges, like. A, do you ever get starstruck? And are you ever, has anyone ever come up to you and been like, hey, Bob, and you're like, you know me? You know, like, of like a Cardi or like a Nikki level. Oh, yeah, Kate McKinnon. I was in a movie with Kate McKinnon. And she was freaking out to meet me, which is so crazy. Because I was like, Kate, you can't freak out because I'm freaking out. Only one of us can freak out right now. And she was like, this is, I'm just, I was like, Kate McKinnon, you're Kate McKinnon. Stop acting like you're not Kate McKinnon. Right. So wait, so you were in the movie with her? Yeah, we did a movie called Rough. I mean, when I say we did a movie, I was in a scene and Kate McKinnon did a movie. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. And she literally was like, Bob the Drag Queen is here today and I'm freaking out. It was a whole thing. She was like doing the 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 uh, Wayne's World We're Not Worthy thing. And I was like standing on stage in full drag and she was like, I cannot finish it. Because you're going to come to my trailer to the makeup station. And I was like, um, uh, hi, can I? And I was like, you're Kate McKinney. You can do whatever you want. You're like, it's your movie. You could just walk yeah. in here. Wow. Right. And she was really nice. She's so lovely. I mean, I love Kate McKinnon. And were you shocked? Like, oh my God, she knows who I am. Yeah, genuinely. I couldn't, I mean, Alana Glazier knew who I was. And I gave Alana Glazier, Kate McKinnon, I gave a t-shirt to Alana Glazier, Kate McKinnon, Zoe Kravitz, and Scarlett Johansson. I gave them all a Bob the Drag Queen shirt. Um, I've only seen one of them wear the shirt. <laughs> oh. Uh, at, uh, Alana Glazier wore it on a Broad City commercial. Oh, like she wow. had a commercial for Broad City, and she was wearing my shirt in the commercial, which was great. Nope. Do you ever order Five Guys? I've never. Well, I mean, I've eaten Five Guys. I never order. You know, when I order, I order, like, pizza, Chinese, Thai, Mexican. I never order burgers and, like, fries and stuff. Well, so what happens is when you order Five Guys, what they do is, even when you're there, they, they put fries in the cup, and they just throw fries in. But also, just they're like if you go into the store, there's like potatoes. There's like a mountain of potatoes when you walk in the front door. It's like I they're trying like, to get rid of these potatoes. I feel like I haven't been to Five Guys, but that's good. You get like a full cup of fries, right? Yeah, but they're the wrong fries. Yeah, well, that's not good. <laughs> this could have been a full cup of Cajun fries. See, I like mustard on my fries, or like or barbecue sauce. I don't like ketchup. I, I know it's weird. You're making it if it's weird. I know, or like a hot mustard? sauce. I, Oh my God, must, like a, a Dijon mustard on like a Cajun fry is, you should try it. It's delicious. For real. Mustard is legitimately my least favorite. Really? Condiment. It's disgusting. That's like, that's how I feel about mayo. I absolutely hate mayo. It's, Can you hear my chewing? It's like an ASMR video. Do I need to dial it back on the chewing? No. See, here's the thing. Like you haven't eaten all day, like, and you're, you're acknowledging that you're hungry. There are people that I've spoken to that have not and then they like secretly are eating like a five course meal and then like certain people in the audience are like when they listen they're like that person because they're literally trying to just hide it you're just this is we're having a, we're having a meal together bob it's fine but how loud how loudly can you hear my chewing not not bad honestly okay not because so, i did i'm not gonna say who but i did an interview with a friend of mine recently and we had this early morning interview and she kept trying to eat during the interview, but she didn't want the interviewer to see her eating. So she would cover, she would like put her mouth to the bottom of the Zoom screen and then cover her mouth and then slide no. food in. <laughs> that and does then not she work. would shoot, and then she'd shoot like this. And then I kept being like, girl, we're all on camera. <laughs> like, right. Like that. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like it's kind of just like, it's kind of like when you're caught in a lie and then like you just double down. Listen, this has happened to me. And you just like double down and it's just sometimes she it's had, better. I think she had the Zoom on speaker view. And I was like, girl, we're in gallery view. Like we can see you eating that. <laughs> or she would like lean out of frame and then right. she would reappear. She'd just be like chewing like this. No, it's just like, just, just acknowledge it. I feel like just like, deal with the elephant in the room. I, I, it's fine. It's, I think it's weird when someone tries to hide it and you're like, you're obviously eating a 12 course meal. I'm just so hungry. Well, you haven't eaten all day. So I get it. I, so I, you sound like such a mom, but you haven't eaten all day. It's cause like I'm in jail. Are you the type that like, cause I don't know about you, but I've like tripled down on food in quarantine. Like some people, I think that have had nothing else to do. Like, I, I know a lot of people that have gotten, like, really in shape, like the best shape they've ever been in. I do not understand that at all. But I look at pictures and I'm like, when did this happen? I, 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 I eat 24 at the hours. Of quarant- at the beginning of quarantine, I had lost, I was the skinniest I have been in my 30s. It was remarkable. And then I got depressed and I started eating and I just have, I have not stopped, clearly. I have not stopped since then. I, I haven't I haven't stopped either, um, which is okay. I, tried, I, I have to wear an outfit from season one of We're Here, and I'm like, good luck. <laughs> really? 
Okay, we're going to... And I, I, I want to talk about War here because I love it. Um, so you applied for Drag Race four, three or four, four times. You finally got four times. four times. You finally got it. You never got discouraged. When you got to Drag Race, were you... I got discouraged thinking maybe I wasn't going to get on Drag Race, but not discouraged with my career. I wasn't like, I'm done. I'm going to hang up. You know, I'm, I'm like a nun. I'm a, I'm a sister of the cloth. I made a commitment to the drag gods. To the art. Was anything different, like, the fifth time when you applied? Was it like you were finally ready? Did you mature in your career? Or were you just like, I don't know, bitches, you should have taken me four I mean, times ago? I certainly matured in my career. My my third video was better than my fourth video, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, but I definitely matured. I had to learn. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who has not learned more than more they keep doing something. When you got to Drag Race, were you like cocky you know what i mean and that's i don't mean that in a bad way were you like i got this or did you were you like oh shit like could you tell you were gonna do well well i think it depends on who you ask i think i was confident some someone would say that i was cocky i was thinking to myself i think i was doing a good job and i think that i deserve to win so each week when you know, you... a lot of people don't relate a lot of people don't relate to that so some people are kind of like that's annoying to see someone who believes in themselves but on the other hand, I'm like, so what? I believe in myself. Do you, you want me to not? Yeah. And I mean, it's partly just being self-aware about the other people that are there of where you might stack up in the competition, which yeah, I don't I think is I did a bad pretty good. Thing. I, thought, I thought I was doing a good job, to, to be quite frank. I'd be lying if I was like, I didn't know. I was like, I'm doing great. This is great. Do you think like New York and LA girls have a leg up in Drag Race? Just because the competition from both cities are, I mean, at least New York is. I mean, I, I can't really speak for LA girls. I've only been here for a month and a half, two months. But uh, I really feel like, in my opinion, New York girls are, there's something about New York City girls that we excel. So there's like a dumpster on by, specifically at Drag Race. I mean, me, Bianca, Aquaria, Monet, um, that's four New York winners. Peppermint went really far. Yeah, she went. Yeah, oh, and, and in terms of who went far, I mean, there's even more. I mean, Peppermint went far. Um, Sasha Velour won Drag Race. Miss Cracker went far both times. Um, I mean, New York girls are like great at Drag Race. For it, it, the city is a great preparation for what it means to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. I think so, but how do you think so? Yeah, I mean, because of the how fast-paced it is, how comedy-based it is, how self-sufficient you have to be. Um, all those things are great for RuPaul's Drag Race. And, I mean, like, not to be stereotypical, but it is true. Like, if you can make it here. Like, the drag scene here is, you know, it's a good training New York City has the best. New York City has the best drag in the world. And I don't, I don't apologize for saying that. It's also just my opinion. I'm, 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 I'm technically right and wrong, but I still think that New York City has the best drag in the world. I am not going to argue with that. So when you, how is drag race easier than one would think? Is it exactly how, like are the competitions much harder than you thought or are you kind of knew sure, what to expect? I think drag, doing drag race is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I don't think it's easy at all. It's, it is a lot, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It seems yeah, like a lot of back, work. And it's back to back to back to back working. It's like you're mentally stressed out. It is, I would not characterize drag race as easy. I wouldn't think it would be. What about RuPaul? Like, were you, what was your experience with RuPaul during drag race? Did you I mean, interact? Very, very minimal. We didn't hang out, we didn't hang out off set. We didn't talk off camera. We had like maybe, I mean, me and RuPaul had maybe during Drag Race, maybe three conversations off camera. And when I say conversations, I mean like quick exchanges while they rotate the cameras. So did that shock you or that's kind of what you expected? Um, I don't know that I went in with it with expectations. I mean, I was trying to win the competition not become buddies with RuPaul. Um, so I wasn't like, my word, RuPaul didn't hug me or, or whatever. I just remember I was really, really focused on winning the competition. I'm very competitive. That's because 
you're in New York. That's why. Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I even I'm just I'm just a competitive. I I'm very very almost overly competitive even. Really? Even with just like daily life stuff. Oh, yeah. Video Oh, don't play video games with me. I'm a monster. You're tough on the video games. Yeah, I'm a monster. I love shit talking. I like my best friend told me that I wouldn't beat her at this video game. And then I went and I learned how to play the video game just so I could beat her. I mean, from scratch, I had never played this game ever. And she was like, you'll never beat me. And I was like, you're like, really? So I spent, I spent over a year learning how to play this video game. Okay. That's competitive. And I beat her not consistently, but I beat her enough times to say I can actually beat you now. I love it. I get it. I mean, I think I'm competitive, but I think I've mellowed in a lot of ways. So why did you do Drag Race? Like you said, there are different reasons. Like, why did you do it? It's my favorite TV show. You know, and it's, and it's clearly a thing that can supercharge your career in a really quick amount of time. It's a lot of work. Um, and also, it just it looks fun. It was so much fun. It looks fun. And it is fun. For it me, looks right? so much. No, it looks really fun. Who I'm is sure someone went there and didn't have fun? I mean, it looks fun. It looks expensive, like to get all those outfits. And I mean, like, his drag just must be an expensive hobby or yeah, career, I should say. He, I mean, I made most of my own outfits. Drag was, was also different back then. Back then, people were making outfits, and now they're like hiring like Mark Anthony, to, not Mark Anthony, Mark Mark Jacobs and. Calvin Klein and and fucking you know designer yeah. clothes. I've made most of my stuff in my apartment. Some people show up with outfits and you're like, oh my god, like where did that come from? Yeah, I that- I was just ma- I was just making costumes in my apartment. I think I commissioned one outfit. Are you who was your favorite judge out of the like? Regular judges like Carson, Michelle, Ross. Oh, that's a good question. I really, I mean, there's two judges during my season. That are, oh, the regular judges. Yeah. Oh, I mean, because the, then I have questions about some of the guest judges. I mean, I, I just enjoy RuPaul and I, I like RuPaul. I think RuPaul is probably the best adjudicator of drag on that panel. Okay, fair enough. What about Howard? I have questions about some specific guest judges, but who is your favorite guest judge and who is your least favorite? Oh, probably um, Amy Sedaris was really hilarious. Um, yeah, having Amy Sedaris there was so funny. She just is, she's insanely hilarious in person. Um, I just I just remember loving her and like, she was really being a cut up and there are people like trying to get real critiques, but she just kept being a cut up the whole time. I really loved that. You're like, I can relate to that. Well, also when you're social, when you're there and you're just really stressed out and Michelle is giving really harsh critiques and RuPaul's staring at you stone cold and everything is stressing you out. And then Amos Sedaris says something really funny. It is a, it feels nice. Do you think was Michelle kind of the harshest judge? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And Amy was really funny. She's a funny, she's a funny girl. Who was your least favorite? Or were there any judges that like weren't nice, that were rude? That no, just no didn't... one was rude. Who do we have? Mark Jacobs, Debbie Harry, um, Nicole uh, Richie, Faith, Evan, Faith Evans. We had Nicole Richie on my season. I'm pretty sure. Probably. I think in the, the beginning. Yeah. She was the first judge. Nicole Richie. How was nice? How was Nicole? Any? She she didn't stand out as particularly. Um, I don't I don't remember thinking how funny or how cruel. I remember thinking, oh, there's Nicole Richie. <laughs> well, you also couldn't even remember she was there. So yeah. So yeah. What about the icon that? But is I remember. Dead? But I do remember her wearing her. I remember Nicole Richie wearing cat ears and being like, "You're wearing cat ears like me to Kim Chi." So that's why I remember Nicole Richie was, Nicole Richie was there. That's funny. What about the icon that is Debbie Harry? You know, I gotta be honest with you. I, I, I don't know a lot about Debbie Harry's career. So when everyone's freaking out, I mean, I know the music, but I, I wasn't blown away. And this, this, this is no discredit to Debbie Harry. It's just, I did not, I grew up in a black household. 
that did not listen to that kind of music. My mom wasn't listening to the Call Me on the Line. No, my mom was listening to Aretha Franklin. So I was like, oh, that's that lady who sings that song. I love that song. That's a great song. But I don't remember being like, I can't even believe. And when she came back, everyone's freaking out. And I remember thinking to myself, this, this lady must be really important because everyone's really going. I felt the same when, when Gigi Hadid and Chanel Amon came, I didn't even know who they were because I don't follow fashion models. And Naomi was like crying. And I was like, who the fuck is Gigi Hadid? I remember thinking to myself, who is Gigi Hadid? Like, who is that? And Naomi was like, <laughs> like freaking out. And I remember like, well, she must be really important. But it says more about me that I don't know who they are than it does about them, obviously. And Naomi was just like literally ready to pass out over Gigi Hadid. Yeah, she was like sweating and crying, like because she loves she she loves models. But that when I saw Amy Sedaris and Faith Evans, I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> you know? And certain when Debbie Harry came back, a lot of the queens were like just freaking out, like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were going bananas. Yeah. What about how was Vivica Fox? I love Vivica Fox. She was really. I mean, she, I I remember being excited when I heard her name. Because I was like, oh my God, Vivica Fox. I also love Tasha Smith. Tasha Smith was great. She was so pretty, so funny. I loved her. And Vivica's kind of a talent like it is, girl. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember Vivica being particularly mean. I don't think I was on the runway for Vivica Fox's episode. I don't think I was, I don't think I was uh, up for adjudication on that episode. Um, I was up for adjudication on the episode with Tasha Hall. Um... And I, I think Todrick was also a great judge, too. I love Todrick. It was Todrick and Mark Jacobs together. And we love Mark Jacobs. So after... Well, actually, I don't... I mean, so I had a funny interaction. I met, I met Mark Jacobs at a party later, or like a, a, a premiere. And um, I didn't... I, I remember meeting him, and he was like, um, hey, how are you? I said, hi, what's your name? He goes, my name's Mark. And I said, I'm, I'm Bob, nice to meet you. But I didn't recognize him, because... And I was like, do I know you? You look familiar. He goes, I don't think so. And I was like, all right, well, nice to meet you, Mark. And then Milk came by and she was like, oh, I love Mark Jacobs. And I was like, that was Mark. Oh, I guess that was Mark Jacobs. But I have moments like that all the time. I was, I was on the set of the city and I was talking to this lady and she was like, I was like, what's your name? She said, my name is Molly. I was like, hi, Molly. Nice to meet you. Um, I'm Bob. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I guess we're both, what role are you playing? And she told me her role. I told her my role. And then a PA came by, like, Miss Ringwald, we'll have you on set now. And I was like, oh, I guess I was talking to Molly Ringwald that whole time. But then, I mean, wow, like, that's somewhat down to earth, because, like, Mark or Molly could have been, like, I'm fucking Mark Jacobs or I'm Molly Ringwald. So it's kind of... But also, I think everyone acts like you're, like, celebrities are doing something extra special when they don't go, I'm fucking... Most people wouldn't go, I'm fucking... You know, I do think that if Oprah Winfrey walked into a room and then <laughs> and someone acted like they didn't know Oprah, or if like Barack Obama was in the room and someone said, what's your name? That person is probably doing a thing. Uh, I don't think it's far-fetched for Molly Ringwald to imagine that I may have not recognized her right away. But I mean, it's not, if, 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 if someone looked at Beyonce and said, I'm sorry, is it beat? Beyonce? Is that how you pronounce it? (laughs) Right. Right. But you know, you never know. Like some of these, the non-Beyonce, some of them might be like, you know, you hear stories. You hear stories of people being like... It depends on where you are and who you're talking to. I think that if RuPaul went to a drag show, it'd be safe for her to assume that people knew who she was. But if RuPaul was at a gas station and someone just sees a tall, bald, black guy... And someone goes, what's your name? She probably go, oh, I'm RuPaul. Right. Now, fair enough. But right, the Oprah's, Barack's, Beyonce's, come on now. Yeah. So after you won Drag Race, you won the money, like, did that change life? Did you, like, was it I mean, overnight? The, 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 short, the short answer is yes, Drag Race did change my life. Um, and it was more than just $100,000. It was um, because... It's considerably less than that once you pay taxes. Um, True. And you will pay those taxes. Um, yes. I um, Yeah, I mean, I started traveling. I had an international audience. I, I, I changed the way I did all my business. I started getting recognized. Maybe not as much as Molly Ringwall. 
I love me some Molly Ringwald. She she was really nice to me. I love her. There's nothing wrong. Listen, Breakfast Club, I think, is one of the best movies like that's ever been made. Yeah. It's really good. She was, she, was, she was a very nice lady when I met her. So, right. So, I mean, you got a lot of gigs, you know, that... I mean, you were working before, but it opened up a lot of that. Yeah, I was doing the cabaret scene before, but then I started in the international club scene, and then the international theater scene, and then I started working in TV more. What about, talk to me about, because I mean, you kind of do it all. Talk to me about your music. Purse first, Decaho. Talk to me about some of these <laughs> classic songs. I don't really consider myself a musician. I mean, I like making music, but I'm, no one's going to be like, the musician, Bob the Drag Queen. I mean, I do write these songs, but it's mostly like, oh, I had a fun idea for a song. Let's do it. But I don't they, know if I'll ever do a full album or anything. Like, you know, there's a lot of other drag race girls that have done albums, so that's what I was going to ask you. Like, do you envision doing a full album Well, a lot of those day? girls, like Jinx Monsoon is a singer. So, yeah, she does an album. Monet went to school for music, so, yeah, she has an album. I went to school for musical theater, and I chose to be a stand-up comedian, so I probably will not ever be doing an album, realistically speaking. Well, the songs you do have done work. Well, thanks. Well, speaking of Monet, let's talk about sibling rivalry. How did that come Another about great podcast you all should listen to well i was gonna say sibling rivalry is a great podcast you all should listen to like how did that come about from one podcast host to the next like do you love do you love doing a podcast so i started doing sibling rivalry because monet and i were um up across the country i was doing a play in berkeley and i was so used to seeing monet frequently and i was like and me and Monet always have these really funny conversations on the phone, like always. And I remember thinking to myself, this is like, people should hear these conversations, us arguing about the most mundane things. We should do a podcast. We'll produce it ourselves. It'll be great. And then I, I was the first, like the first season of the podcast, I was editing all the podcasts myself, um, which is why the release schedule was crazy because I was doing eight shows a week and also scheduling my own, you know, doing my own, it's a podcast. lot to do a podcast. People don't. People think you turn on the mic and just chit chat. Yeah, no. So I ended up like, but once we started like hiring people to help us run the podcast, started running more smooth. But the the base of it is like Monet and I's relationship and how we bicker about almost things. Like we, it's really weird how much people can get along and agree on practically nothing. Right. Hence sibling rivalry. Do you do you love doing a podcast? Do you love like that form? Yeah, I love the podcast. I love the community that we build around the podcast, the listeners. You know about it. When you get a dedicated listenership and people will tune in, and it's, it's really, it feels nice. It does. I mean, especially it's COVID free, so to speak. Like it's not going to be affected yeah. by just curl up with a blanket and let's go. And considering that Monet and I started doing the podcast across the country from each other, it's really like, so we're, we're back at it again. Monet's in London right now. Wow. On the West End. Wow. I've seen you guys live when you were somewhere in Brooklyn. I forgot where, but I saw you guys. Oh, we're at, uh, at, uh, like what was that place we did in Brooklyn? Bell House, the Bell House in Brooklyn. Yes. It's a good venue. Um, Speaking of Monet, did you, because I mean, I know there was so much said about this. I mean, did you, how do you feel about her co-win with Trinity? I mean, I thought that Monet did a really good job and we're super proud of her. Um, I, she's amazing. Monet's my favorite drag race girl. She's your favorite. Yeah, she's amazing. You like, you like her better than your drag daughter? Monet's my favorite drag race queen. Monet is my favorite drag race queen. I'm not going to mince any words. Monet is my favorite drag race queen. Am I, am I starting shade here today? I mean, Miss Cracker is, is, is a brilliant drag queen, and I love her a lot. I love a lot of the – there are a lot of great queens. It's just that Monet is just she, – she has won my heart. I love Monet. So, I mean, listen, you've been very busy. Another thing that you were – another project that I love of yours is Drag My Dad on MTV. Oh. Is that – was that as fun as it seems? It was fun. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty easy to shoot, too. It was like one-day shoots with these families. Um, we were going to get a season two, but then COVID canceled that. Um, I, I had a season two. We, we, we would have already shot it by now, actually. But um, 
we ended up we ended up not getting it because of all this madness going on in the world. Well, it's a great show. It's a great idea. I mean, it's kind of fun. Talk to me about We're Here, which is another great show. Yeah, so We're Here is a much bigger operation than Drag My Dad. Um, there's a lot going on with uh, We're Here. And um, that's a show that I that I got reached out to by the creators of the show, Steve and Johnny. And um, they were just so, I don't know, I, I was really sold because the show was about um, like uplifting marginalized voices. And I was like, well, then I'm in. And you go into these, I mean, small towns, like, mm-hmm. which is, I think, part of, I think, what makes the show so great. And yeah. it's, HB, it's HBO. I think it's one of HBO's first, like, unscripted series it is, ever. It is not one of. It is HBO's first ever unscripted uh, series. They've never done, like, a reality-style show before. And we're the first one. And we got Emmy nominated our first season, which is great. We didn't win, but we did get. It's an honor just to be nominated. Yeah. And you were Critics' Choice nominated as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you love doing it with Eureka and Shangela? Yeah, I mean, we don't spend a lot of time together because it's not like Queer Eye where we're all working on one person. We're actually all doing individual projects and then we come together in the end. Right. Um, but yeah, I love working together. It was, it was, it's pretty chill. And I think that's actually what makes it work so well, that we're not spending every hour together. Is there one, are you... Are you shocked at like some of the towns, like they're smaller towns, or I guess not really? I mean, I, I, no, because we travel to pretty small towns, even outside of we're here That's on true. Even Drag Race. I, we don't only do I don't only do shows in Chicago, New York, and Atlanta, you know. Um, so I'm I'm not I'm not stranger to going to small towns and doing doing a little drag. And what do you love best about it? Like, I'm sure that people are thrilled to be involved, to be made over. Like, is that is it just like the, the rewarding well some people are thrilled some people some people are kind of like whatever i mean some people are kind of like i guess so and some people are like this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me so you know people are not a monolith we have lots of different emotions involved in that show and i mean for me it's just i i enjoy it it's a great show like for everyone who hasn't watched it we're here is amazing so when are you i i i know it has a second and it's available on hbo max if you all want to go check it out it's really cute it's fun I mean, to me, this doesn't, this might sound obnoxious, but I like seeing the smaller towns. Like, it's interesting when you go, I mean, I've traveled all over the world too, but like, it's still interesting when you go into like the Louisianas and mm-hmm. just interesting. We're in Ruston, Louisiana, Twin Falls, Idaho, Branson, Missouri, you know, Farmington, New Mexico. When, so there's, it has a second season coming. Yeah, we, 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 we've been greenlit for a second season. So that's very exciting. So maybe right after COVID, you guys will start. filming and also i know you are no stranger to the comedy special but let's talk about bob the drag queen live at caroline's that's my second special um which i'm very proud of like i'm incredibly proud of the special it's available on itunes um and i'm I'm, i mean i don't need to be shy about it it's really funny (laughs) it's it's a really funny special it's how how does it differ from your first comedy special and like, what were more, they? In- I learned more about doing a special, for sure. Uh, I had more time to to workshop the jokes because um, I was doing so much drag race touring. And this one, I was writing while um, we're here was happening, so I was able to like have more time to work on my on my jokes. Um, and I don't know, it, 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 it's it's done in, in an official comedy theater, comedy club. It's at Caroline's, which is like. America's number one comedy club. Caroline's um, is I'm major. Really, yeah, it's in Times Square. I'm really proud of it. What were like the inspiration for your jokes? Like, what's your process to like write jokes? Because I feel like I couldn't write a joke if it my life depended on it. A lot of these jokes were based on my mom and my experiences growing up in the South with a black Southern mom, um, and growing up queer. So, like, I mean, I hate to sound so typical, but like my experiences were the basis for this humor. And you love this is in your total. I mean, yes, and you're proud of it, and it's all good. Yeah, for sure. I'm really, I'm very. This is a very good special. Like, it is great. I'm very proud of it. What about because you know you love your comedy? What about you know? There's a lot of queens that are into like we talked about some of the stuff they bring to drag queen, like the fashion. Like, are you into the fashion part of drag at all? 
like what's and what would you say is Bob the drag queen's style? If you had to sum it up. I mean, yeah, I like fashion. I mean, I'm not like I, I'm not like uh, obsessed from like flipping through magazines and painting them on my wall. That, I'm not like that, but I mean, I like nice clothes. <laughs> I don't want to look like a schlub in drag. Um, my style is probably closer to like a really cool aunt than anything else, you know? You're not Naomi freaking out over Gigi Hadid, but... Exactly. Like- I didn't even, yeah, I didn't, didn't even know that. I, mean, I didn't recognize Mark Jacobs and I didn't know who Gigi Hadid was. Um, so I guess I'm not, I'm, I'm not fashion obsessed, but I... I like to look nice. You're like the classy aunt that shows up and, you know, wants to look good. Exactly. But not the classy aunt with like a Gucci bag. Like that's too far. I'm not like a label person. I just like the things I like. And sometimes they're kind of crummy. Sometimes they're kind of nice. You know? That's fair enough. What about like... I know you were involved in like Black Queer Town Hall with Peppermint. Like how important, because it's not everyone does. Lots of people just have their careers and don't really, like how important is it for you, you know, to speak out or be involved with like LGBTQIA causes and everything going on in the world with Black Lives Matter? I mean, I I know Peppermint is very. Yeah, I do it because I want to. I don't do it because I feel compelled. Like like it's, it's not like, uh, I'm not doing it like, look at me, I'm doing such great stuff. I'm like, well, this feels natural to me to talk about these causes. I used to be a really intense, like get arrested type activist. Um, really? Back when I was um, starting out drag and I've been arrested and doing the whole nine yards, you know? No, I don't know. Where were you arrested? I was arrested at Bryant Park. Um, if you if you let me screen share, I'll show you something if you uh, adjust that. But I was arrested at uh, Bryant Park. Um, I would love to for, screen share, but you, you've given me, despite the fact that I host a podcast, you're giving me way too much credit for like being <laughs> technically being technically savvy. Work. Well, you I have mean, to I'm, just take my word for it. <laughs> listen, I... Being arrested at Bryant Park, I mean, that's, that's you know, that's major. I, I if, you a, click, if you click security and put allow screenshot, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, I used to do like a lot of like really intense activism um, back when I first started out drag um, because that was like my best way of getting the word out about what I wanted people to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think is, I, 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 I do know, what do you think is like, the biggest misconception about drag queens throughout the world? I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't even know how to answer that question. The biggest misconception about drag queens throughout the world. I wouldn't even know. I mean. Sometimes I, I, I throw deep questions out there. Other times yeah, I, I. I think I, you think I'm deeper than I am. Uh, you I don't think, have yeah, to be I, deep. I guess you have to talk to the people with the misconceptions to know how, how they're misconceiving us. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of confusion centered around gender and what it means to do drag and who's allowed to do drag and does drag mean you want to be a woman and does drag mean you can't be a woman. I think that's probably, uh, there's probably a lot of misconceptions centered around drag and gender politics. Do you think, you know, because do you think we'll ever see a straight man on RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean, this is just truly something that I, I mean, wonder. I, I hope not. <laughs> it could be. Well, I mean, they also had that. I forgot what it was called. The special where, like, the celebrities. Yeah, I was that? on. Yeah, I was on. Yeah, it. You are. I was on two episodes of it. Who did you have again? Did you have Nico? I know Nico. Turner. I had Alex Newell. I remember you and, were on. I didn't know who you had. And I had uh, Jeremiah. Alex is a good one. Alex is great. Cool. We love Alex. Yeah. So what, how is, I mean, COVID's here. Like how is drag affected? I mean, the, the fact that, I mean, other than the obvious, I mean, your tours are off. You're not touring. Are you doing a lot I mean, of at we, home? Well, we live on the internet now. This is, this is where we are. This is where we live. Um, Here's what I found. Why is my phone talking to me? We live on the internet now, and I'm adjusting to that. I'm, I most of my drag lives in the digital space now. You know, 
I do. Where can everyone find your Caroline's comedy oh, special? You can go to iTunes. You can go to iTunes and you can find me at um you can just have me bother back with Live at Caroline's. Or if you want to catch my first special, it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Suspiciously Large Woman. Which I saw also. That was really funny. Thank you. What else is next for you? What is next for Bob the Drag Queen? I mean, right now, the, the very next thing is filming season two of We're Here. That's like my next, next, next thing. Yeah. Which is no small undertaking. <laughs> what What's the hardest thing you found about, you know, because like I, you, you did drag my dad, but like you said, like this is HBO's first foray into Unscripted and it's like a big production. What was the... Like, was that easier than it seemed? Because that doesn't seem easier. Like, in- I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know how easy it seemed to people, but it is. I mean, each episode is nine days. Um, and we, we shot six, ep- seven episodes. So, okay, wow. Google. No, it, it doesn't seem I mean, easy. I don't know, how, I don't know what that is. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. And it's probably as much work as you think it is. Here's what I found on the web. She keeps talking to me. It's probably just as much work as you think it is, you know? Do you love doing TV like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I genuinely do prefer live um, performances. There's an energy exchange that's really wonderful, but I also TV tends to be more rewarding in the long run because you can just keep going back and watching it over and over again. Yeah. Well, when the world opens, hopefully we'll see you back out on the road. I mean, I hope so. Whenever that happens, which I don't think is happening anytime soon. Yeah, we'll see. Right. Is there anything else you want to discuss? Anything else I didn't bring up? Any other current projects? And I like to give people a chance at the end to kind of cover whatever they would like to. Anything else you want to get off your chest here today? Besides the <laughs> fact that you didn't have, besides the fact that you're, they didn't deliver Cajun fries and we had regular fries. What yeah, else I mean, is- That was really stressful. Um, I get it. That, I mean, I don't have anything to get off my chest. I'm not really the ranty type. Sometimes I'm ranty right now. I'm feeling pretty- um, chill actually i'm super i'm super chill right now that's okay there's nothing wrong with that chill is good right i don't want people to know that if you, if you really enjoy you know bob and and monet and that kind of content you go to our patreon which i'm very proud of is a it, we've really turned around turned it around over there i'm super proud of our patreon and there's some really great content there like what do you put on your patreon so we do like drag race viewing parties. We do um, full videos. Like we do, we do a video podcast every week. And if you want to see our, if you want to actually see what we're doing, you have to go to our Patreon. Patreon. Otherwise, otherwise we post the first 10 minutes and then you have to go to the Patreon to see the rest of it. I love it. Yeah. That's what Patreon is for. Yeah. So where can everybody find you? Tell us. I mean, the best place, just if you go to any social media platform or type in Bob the Drag Queen, I will pop up. And of course, BobTheDragQueen.com has like all of my stuff there. I love it. I really appreciate you. And where can we find you on Instagram? Bob the Drag Queen. It's easy. Yeah. I appreciate you chatting. I know you're busy. You've got a lot going on. So I appreciate your time. I'm just going to eat this burger. This is all I can think about. You didn't eat... Uh, you could have eaten it, really. It like would have been okay. But I also have to get up and get some ranch. It's a whole thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a whole ceremony with this puppy. See, so I, you know, you just ate fries. Like that's not bad. Like you know, it's better than your friend who was trying to eat off camera and then coming back on camera because then it's just like <laughs> you're eating. It, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, all right. Well, enjoy your burger. Keep in touch. I really appreciate this. It was a great My chatting pleasure. with you. And My pleasure. Thank you. I will. I'll connect with you online. I think I follow you already, so I'm pretty sure I do. So thank I you. So. Yes, I'm like 99% sure I do. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Be safe. All right. Take care. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going 
And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.